We, we, the meeting for the sake of those that join us for the first time, the meeting is every two weeks, um, and this has been going on for quite a while now. Um, and we just pick on different subjects. Sometimes we have a focus for a month, so the two or three times that we meet in the month, we speak around a certain issue. Uh, but in recent times, we've switched to kind of like running a series. And um, for those of you that are joining us today for the first time, you are joining in the middle of an interesting series that was tagged, Everyone is Busy. <laughs> Excuse me. Everyone is busy. And of course, um, I think that's a statement that virtually all of us, if not at least most of us, if not all of us, would um, agree to. You could say of yourself, I've been busy. Um, but what's should that look like in the real sense of it? How can we be busy in a healthy way? Because of course, when many people say I'm busy, the real truth is we're just busy in very many ways that are unhealthy. And we spend the first week kind of diagnosing that. Um, we've been using a resource um, that is called um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's a book written by um, John McComa, and then he did a video series on, of studies on it, just um, five episodes or four episodes. And we are in week four, five episodes. So we're in week four of that five uh, episode series um, today. And so that's what our facilitator will be facilitating the conversation about as the spirit leads. Um, as a way of quick recap, just before I hand over um, so that we can have some traction, like I said, we spent the first week just identifying the problem that, yes, we are busy, but is that helpful? Is that healthy? And many of us came out of that meeting saying, no, yes, I've been busy, but I think I can do better. And then in the second week, we moved on to, to begin to unpack some practices that can help us guide our busy lives such that it can still be productive. And so I think the second week was when we discussed on um, solitude, solitude, just this practice of, you know, withdrawing from the crowd every now and then, whatever that could look like in a different context and spending time with God. You could simply say quiet time, uh, but we of course looked at that from different sides. Then last meeting, which was the third week, was when we then talked about Sabbaths which again is used to be a vague idea for many of us, but for those of us that attended the last meeting, we saw what that can look like. And I'm hoping that there have been some of us that have practiced that to some extent between then and now. And so today we're moving on to the next um, aspect of that. And at, that, at this junction, I will gladly hand over to our facilitator uh, in the person of Dr. Henry Madubuike. Over to you, sir. If you need me to stream anything or anything at any point, just let me know and I'll, I'll do yeah. that. Definitely for the video. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. I will need it for the video. All right, okay, I'll get that set. Yeah. Um, welcome everyone to another series, uh, another segment of the series. Um, so as Pastor said, we've been talking about um, everyone is busy. So today we're going to be talking about simplicity and uh, as a kind of introduction. So I remember like a couple of years ago, so we are trying to move uh, in Nigeria then. So we are trying to move from uh, one of our 
house to another house. So it was a, from a three bed flat to a six bed flat. Yeah. But the funny thing was like, <clears throat> the items we had in our old apartment could not fit into the new apartment because it was a lot of things um, in the old one and the other. End of the day, it's covered that most of the things that we had then, we never use them or they never get used in probably 40 days or years or thereabouts. But I mean, that might not sound like a good introduction <laughs> to the topic, minimal uh, simplicity. Uh, so we have to watch the video by John Mark to give us a better context to our discussion tonight. All right, I'll share the screen for that now. Thank you, sir. Yep. culture of more. Our economy itself is dependent on growth. It is literally designed on purpose to move the graph up and to the right. More clothes, more shoes, more things, more toys, more square footage, more hobbies, more activities, more experiences, more stamps on our passport, more relationships, more followers, more networking connections, more, more, more comes as no surprise that every day we face a barrage of advertising on billboards and the side of a bus or a, a park bench as we're driving to work in our newsfeed and our web browser as we scroll through the news or Instagram or whatever it is all of it the propaganda of more now greed is an ancient sin it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden but this fever pitch of consumerism goes back in our nation to right after World War II, when the economy was in a vulnerable place after the war, and the elites from DC and Madison Avenue got together to engineer a new economic model for America based on consumerism. After World War II, Paul Mazur of Lehman Brothers said, we must shift America from a needs culture to a desires culture. People must be trained to desire, to want new things, even before the old have been entirely consumed. We must shape a new mentality. Man's desires must overshadow his needs. It comes as no surprise that we consume twice as much material goods as we did just 50 years ago. The average American home has over 300,000 items in it. Not the rich, the average. The average home has tripled in size in that same time frame. And still, 25% of people with two-car garages don't have room to park either car inside due to clutter, and another 32% only have room for one car. One study found that there is 7.3 square feet of storage unit space for every American. We could literally sleep our entire nation. We could house our entire nation in our storage units. Still, the average American has $15,000 in credit card debt alone. So you see, the problem is, the age-old maxim is right. The more you get, the more you want. Or as the 18th century Quaker John Woolman said of his own experience as a wealthy businessman turned abolitionist, with an increase of wealth, the desire for wealth increased. 
And the drive to have more is an engine for hurry. It drives us to a life of speed, overworking and overliving, grasping for more rather than gratefully enjoying our life with God and each other. And Jesus had a lot to say about this. New Testament scholars estimate that around 25% or a quarter of Jesus' teachings are on the subject of money and possessions. Can you imagine if every fourth teaching or sermon at your church was on money? Your attendance would plummet. But Jesus was not raising money for his nonprofit to pay his salary. He was just very aware of the soul's inner dynamics. We consume things, and then things consume our heart. He wasn't so much after our money, but after our heart in the best sense of the word. In Matthew 6, he said, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Note, not you should not, but you cannot. It's not an option. Money will take over your heart unless you take an active stand against its gravitational pull. In Luke 12, Jesus warned two brothers who were quarreling over inheritance, watch out, be on your guard, he said, against all kinds of greed. There are different types. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. He also famously said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. The word blessed is makarios in Greek. A more literal reading is happier. It's more happier to give than to receive, meaning a happy life is the byproduct of giving, not getting, a claim which social scientists have found to be true in study after study. Jesus was very clear. Wealth is more likely to be an obstacle to living the good life in the kingdom with Jesus than a necessary requirement for entrance. So, is there a practice from the way of Jesus to set our heart free from its insatiable desire for more and to free our hearts and our debit accounts to live happily and generously? Yes, it is the practice of simplicity, or some call it simple living. Outside of the church in a more secular version, it's called minimalism. Now, what exactly do we mean by simplicity or whatever you want to call it? Joshua Becker defines it as the intentional promotion of the things we most value and the removal of anything that distracts us from them. Jan Johnson simply as intentionally arranging our life around God. I would define it as limiting the number of our possessions, expenses, activities, and social obligations to a level where we are free to live joyfully in the kingdom with Jesus. I've made the case that hurry and busyness and kind of overload all stunt our growth into people of love. Simplicity is the way we shape our life to create margin, that lost art in our culture, margin to receive the love of God and then give that love to other people. There are two basic movements to simplicity. And again, it's pretty simple, a negative one and a positive one. First, limit how much you own. Second, practice generosity. You see, Jesus knew that there is a deep peace, a calm, a joyfulness that comes from limiting yourself, limiting how much you consume or buy or sell or own or eat or drink or experience or do. Less really is more. 
and Jesus knew the deep joy of giving. He famously said, sell your possessions and give to the poor. The tense of the original Greek there is aorist active, meaning it's not a one-time event. He's likely not saying give away every single scrap of whatever you have. The idea is on a regular basis, sell your stuff, your extra stuff, or he doesn't actually say extra, just sell your things and give the money to the poor. Become the kind of person who regularly just simplifies your life and practices generosity, limits what you own and gives a lot away. I hear that line, sell your possessions and give to the poor. And in all honesty, that does not sound fun. It sounds a bit ominous and kind of heavy and religious. But I imagine that Jesus said it with a smile on his face and a deep exhale in his chest. It's the way, the way of Jesus to life to the full. So how could you simplify your life? What could you downsize or get rid of or give away? Could you experiment for a few days or a few weeks or a few months in just living with less, less clothes or less shoes or less furniture or less activities or less commitments? Where is God stirring your heart to generosity with your resources, not just your money, but all of your resources? Right now, even take a moment to pause and consider and open your heart and your mind to the Spirit of God. And as you do, remember, it's better to give than to receive. It's happier to give than to receive. And there is joy waiting for you. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Okay, I would like us to take a minute or two to just reflect on these nine minutes. And because, uh, yeah, it's a lot to like unpack with that. So let's take a minute or two to like reflect and. All right, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> so for me personally, I feel like this series has all been like my own personal um, take out from it has been taking off things to get you closer to God. Our first side of like everyone is busy and 
solitude, um, Sabbath and all that. So kind of like taking off all those exercises so we can have that proper environmental platform to better experience God and better relate with God. So today, uh, talking about simplicity and is basically like having the much that you need and getting rid of, I mean, I, like, I love the part like you put it in two segments. One is um, giving generosity and also like having just what you need and all that. So I don't know, like, can anyone like provide this own definition of what, what stood out for you in the terms of simplicity and how it applies to um, your life or whatever context you want to put that in? Yeah, so from my own definition, I would say is basically subtracting everything from your life. Um, so basically things that distract you and uh, it's not necessarily about just owing less for the sake of owing less. So sometimes we can be like, yeah, I don't want to work hard. I am, I'm fine with that, but it's not about like owing less for the sake of owing less, but it's about like owing the right amount of what you need and all that. Yeah, so does anyone have any addition to that? Okay, Dylan, go on. I have a similar definition to that. Yeah. I like to add, what I'd like to also add is how um um how for simplicity. Sorry, never mind. I'm having trouble putting it into words. That happens. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I feel like it's let's say something. Okay, yeah. Um, good evening, everyone. Well, as the it's not a definition because I don't have a short one. <laughs> so, but uh, I was just thinking about Nigeria. Basically, I was thinking about our parents. What the message was going on, and the way our parents maybe not all, but the way I lived with Maya and I've seen many is the, the satisfaction that comes with what they have part time. And they don't get to just want to do everything, like put everything together at once. Okay, um, I want to like, you're, you're aspiring to become a captain or something and you think you just, I just want to do it before I'm 30 years old. Like, I just want to get it done. So that doesn't allow you to do like so many things because you, your focus is just on that one thing. And because you just, it's not that you should do him high to get more stuff, but you, you want to have that peace, that satisfaction of what you own part-time. So that you can really enjoy it. Uh, I remember Pastor um, giving us some um, stages of when you want to taste um, wine. If if you don't follow that process, you won't really get the sweetness that that the, that comes with the wine. So yeah, that's all I was just thinking of. Thank you. Can we have all the water, Larry? Okay. Thanks. Um... And I hope this is not um, off the cuff. Just speaking to the minimalist um, principle that the guy mentioned, 
I joined the video halfway. I don't even know if it was half, maybe towards the end. But you know, the minimalist principle, um, something I practice and I've known for a while is um, the principle of keys. Keep it short and simple. You know, so it's um, K-I-S-S, -S, keep it short and simple. It's a principle that encourages you to, you know, use less words where you are where you are driven to to you to want to write a piece sometimes maybe using less words can even can even pass across the message more you know in some cases and also even your emotions it goes to the point of your emotions also maybe where you want to really throw tantrums and really just um, scatter the scatter everywhere it encourages you to just, you know, keep it, just keep yourself under, keep it, keep yourself under check, you know. And for me, I've applied it a number of times and that's what, it works like magic. There's some of these things that is amazing how some of these simple things work like magic sometimes, you know, <laughs> like the one I shared the last time I was here about, you know, just breaking things down into simple simple steps i think and um, sister if was probably alluding to that in uh i mean the last person that spoke you know how you want to do something and the principle of um a 12-week year so do you need to have a goal for the year maybe not can you have it in in a quarterly fashion where you are breaking it down and saying okay this is what i want to achieve this quarter so you are looking at the so looking at it as a quarter quarterly goal makes it more well maybe I should not say make it more achievable but it makes you look at it as more you know as something that is probably you can almost like a quick win sort of you know so um, that's that's the little I've just had there you know that the principle of keeping it short and simple. Bring, break things down to the very minimal, minimal um, levels in achieving big things. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, Damala, you had your hands up before I... Oh, yes. Yeah, my definition of simplicity basically would just be not making things necessarily complicated. I mean, um, on Sunday, I was just talking with someone during Bible study, and then I was like, uh, uh, that I was talking about before is like every prayer I'm meeting, everyone sends prayer link that everyone sends to me. It's like I'm trying to join everyone at different times and all of that. Or maybe, oh, someone like I was always just trying to be everywhere and doing everything. And then I noticed that it was, it was just unnecessary because I'm like, I was, I just felt like I wasn't getting the full distance of all of them. So, I knew I had to, of course, ignore some, but I would just say, oh, thank you for sharing and stuff. Just ignore some and just focus on the ones I knew I could get the best of. And of course, that are not so conflicting with my schedule. No. So that's sort of like one way to just simplify things for me. Because like I always tell myself, like life is already stressful in tone and then there is only so much I can do as a person. I should utilize what it is I could do. I, could, I can do more as a person. I also tell the person that, um, I know there are certain things that God has emboldened me to do, yeah, and then I should 
be looking for ways to focus on those things instead of just trying to look so much at what other people are doing and trying to see if I can also do those things. I mean, the other day I was listening to an Instagram live and then the lady, she's a, she's a young lady, maybe just like two or three years older than me. And then she was really saying lots of, she was really using lots of theology in like just preaching the word of God. And I was really, really like, I was really, really encouraged. I mean, former me would probably start looking for how to learn theology and all of that. But I'm like, well, this may not be my area and I can as well just, simplify things for me and God and just focusing on what God has called me to while of course praying for a lady like this for God to keep using and to keep yeah using her in the area God has called her to so I think that's it for me basically yeah thank you very much um thank you for everyone that contributed I love that um the acronym keys <laughs> keep it short and simple yeah because um in Luke 10 41 um and Jesus answered and said to her Matter, matter, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the good part, uh, which shall not be taken away from her. So a lot of times we are troubled about, or we care about many things, we want to do that. Just as the mother said, you want to do that, you want to join um, every prayer meeting or every um, church cruise. I mean, sometimes it might look good, like, yeah, it's all prayer meeting, it's all good activities, but again, it's maybe just one thing that is needed and all that. So, um, was I going to say before? Yeah, so simplicity is very key to our Christian faith and our work with God because you have to like get rid of things that are not necessarily cost. I mean, today or this day, I was planning to um, practice Sabbath. And just before I start to review the video for simplicity, so one of the things that, uh, okay, yeah, my Sabbath was like, today I was like, I'm not going to go out today. I'm just going to do everything indoors and all that. Then simplicity, like, okay, yeah, I need to like look at the things I have in my room. I mean, maybe I probably I don't need I don't need a lot of them. Uh, kind of like um, see about the ones that I don't need. And to be fair, like I have some items that I've never used since I bought them, and they are going away by tomorrow. So, but again, practicing all those things kind of like gives you like a sense of like, okay, I can free myself because now my room's with a bit healthier because I'm taking away a lot of things that I don't need. I just like occupy space, um, high dust and all that. So there are various benefits of simplicity. So one of them would be peace. One of them would be um, more healthier life because in that look then it was saying that you care about a lot, a lot of things and care and trouble would bring about worrying. Uh, if we read, um, I think it was Matthew 6, he was saying that, uh, do not worry about today or tomorrow about what you eat and what, what, what you will wear for, what will take care of that. So I would, I would like us to discuss like what would be the implications of if we don't keep things simple or what would be the implications of if we adopt simplicity as a lifestyle. So what would be the benefits of that? I would like to start from where Stadamola finished from. She, I loved what she said about what she saw on maybe Instagram and um she told herself okay it's okay i don't need to be like this person i'm content with where god has placed me and i think for so many young people or maybe for some of us we are always not like we're always trying to be like some people that we admire but i feel like how should i put it Maybe we just want to 
be some things that God has not really called us to be. And that puts us under pressure. And not just that it puts us under pressure alone. It's, if we're not careful, it gets to this point where we become jealous of what someone else has. And when we are able to deal with that, we get to a place of contentment in God, contentment in who he has called us to be. And we are happy with you know, what God has called us to be. Because if we look at this alone from um, maybe having like taking rest, I mean, the idea of the Sabbath and all, I want to go away a bit from that and look at the things that we chase as youth, as human beings, and how when we don't get those things, especially when it's like we're trying to become someone else. I don't know how best to put it, but that's how best I can put it. And then it's, it's, it just puts us on a pedestal that is very, very bad because we're trying to be who God has not called us to be. And again, when we're able to deal with that, it's like we, we have this peace and contentment. And to wrap it up, there was a time I was, I was, I think I was going through something and I was telling God about it. And he told me, he said, you are unique the way you are. And there is something, the way you are, there is something that you've got to offer to your world. So stop trying to be like someone else. Stop looking at other people it's okay to admire them it's okay to appreciate them for who they are but stop wanting to become who they are focus on what you've got to offer and that's what i want to share thank you very much any other comments So from the chat box we have, sorry, I didn't want to say something. Yeah, from the chat box we have, um, for me, I think one of the implications of not keeping things simple would be that it only gets more complex and we become pressured unnecessarily, which is very true, yeah. So when we try to complicate things, it gives us um, a lot of pressure, which is something that we don't want in our lives. And yeah, so one of the things I was thinking about again is having too much, because now if we bring the concept of simplicity to like our possessions and all that, because I had this argument, no argument, but especially with my housemates um, a couple of months back. So it was like, so when you pay your tithe to church, you were like, they also give to people. And his own argument was that, um, it's a, it's a bit funny. <laughs> so like, yeah. Uh, so you need to focus more on arms giving, like giving to people. And because his point was that there are people in the church that will take care of church uh, problems or church needs and all that. But what I'm trying to bring out from that is sometimes when we keep things simple, we can have more resource to give out. So that's my point with that. So because um, if I keep on accumulating things that I don't need, then there was someone out there that needs that thing, but I'm not able to like reach out to the person because maybe I'm thinking like I don't have enough for myself. But if we keep things simple, then we have the basic things that we need and we'll have more than that to give out to people. So I don't know if anyone has a comment to, oh yeah, I've seen some hands up. Um, Stanike. Sorry, Janet here. Okay, hello, good evening, everyone. 
um, I just want to say two things. When Sister Ife was talking the other time about our parents, I, I remember something about my mom. Like whenever we gather money to buy food stuff for them in the house, she will end up sharing the food stuff into two. Then she will share the other part to people around her. Like we get to complain every time, every time, telling her that thing is not if it's so convenient for us. We just try to gather money to buy this thing for you. But she will be like, no, there are still so many things I don't have around her and and one way or the other, things continue to increase for them on their part. And we don't know how they even get a lot of things they get at the end of the day. So I think that is also part of it. Most times we, we don't trust God enough. We just feel that, okay, we want to make our home plan. So we want everything. And so we just want more and more. We don't want everything. We just want more things to come. Because we don't want them. Um, you don't want to lack anything. Yes, Then secondly, I I think I attended a seminar where they talk about um decluttering our lives, like decluttering. The person talks about it to the extent of the meals coming into our phone, like the loads, loads and contents we have on our phone. Like when there are spaces, when we have spaces, when we have all these spaces around us, to give us this this sense of calmness. It tends to give us this this sense of um you know we get to, to, to be calm and everything goes on well. Like when you have too much messages on your phone, the way it makes us feel like our pressure increases, feel like oh, we have to get to read all these things. So it's not just about um the things of life alone, even even the simplest things like our phone, like um the plates in the kitchen, you know, the way our pressure tends to go up. When we see plenty, plenty things like that. So, but when we keep it simple, then we tend to do things calmly. Then our um, our spirit and our body and everything becomes so healthy. That's all I have to say. Thank you very much. Um, thank you, Ma. I was just about talking about fun actually. A few weeks ago, I was thinking about Brother Paul, I was thinking about Jesus, I was thinking about their ministry. I was thinking about when they go from one um, region to the other. They don't have to think about what's happening in um, Corinth when they are in um, yeah, another region, basically. So sometimes because we have this technology, Let's say, for example, I'm in Nigeria. I'm still thinking about what's going on in the UK because I have my phone. Everything is going on there. Um, it's just too much because we can't keep it. We can't just keep it um, simple. In the olden days, our parents they would leave their mom, their dad. They would go. They would focus on things. They would focus on their lives, things that they are meant to do. They have. They have support. They don't have to think about they they know they they have that joy and believe that their, their family will be fine. That's the, the the joy that comes with it. They believe in God, okay. I'm keeping my family with you. Keep them safe. Fine, technology is good, but I think it's the 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 more we are getting it, it's putting us under a lot of pressure. Um, a lot of things to think about every day. We are we are not able to. Uh, manage them so 
fine, it's good, but we should just learn how to see how we can manage it. People like me struggle with it. So I'm just praying for help to manage the, the pressure that comes with having to help you because most of us, we just want things to be perfect. We just want to be out there every time to help to do this. And it just gets too much and we are not able to manage it. So I just pray for that grace as well. Amen. Can I comment? So what do, what do we think about this um, phrase or sentence? It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is happier to give than to receive. So what will be our, what do we think about that? Have, I mean, I would like, if anyone is happy to like share like practical experience of the joy or satisfaction or the feeling, the emotion behind when you've done an act of generosity to someone or giving to someone. Any volunteer? Okay, praise God. Um, for me, I would uh, say I'm a practitioner of that word being a blessing. Uh, it's better to give and uh, than to receive. That's a word that um, I received from the Lord uh, in 2011. And it was when uh, Pastor Paul in Nature was ministering in uh, uh, the title of that message was being a blessing. And it shows that I began to have it, a mindset shift on praying to be a reservoir. Sorry, praying to be a channel than praying to be a reservoir. You're receiving when you are a reservoir. But when you are a channel, you are giving. And when you uh, do a, an act of giving, which can, which does not necessarily mean money alone, that somebody comes to a city and they can trust that they will come to your place and, and uh, 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 have a sit down or something. Your hospitality level is high, is also giving. So when I have those kind of acts when i practice those kind of acts it gives me joy knowing that i have done something that touches the father because that's a commandment from god when he was speaking to the people of israel he told them one about said to be hospitable to strangers because you yourself were strangers before and you don't want people to treat you the way that the egyptians treated you so god is all about giving and that's why he always say give his only son so in my words to people, I try to give good words to people like Paul encouraged. In my act, I try to act good. And when I say I try, meaning that we are not perfect. So it's something that we're working towards perfection. So I'm not saying I've attained a bit of perfection, but these are the things that I try to do, you know, try to be perfect, try, you know, trying to give, trying to uh, give out good works, trying to give, make sure that my words are seasoned to be uh, good, you know, building into people's emotional bank account. So from, from the video as well, it talks about being a blessing. So for you to be blessed, and there's a phrase he used in that video, which I can't remember now. How he talked about, you have to give. So giving in everything, living a life of giving 
in everything. You will never, it will never lack anything. And someone that never lacks anything is someone that in our world, we call it a blessed person. Someone that never lacks anything. Even though God, the blessing for God is more than a material gift or more than what we have. But one thing is that God as well, the statement he gave to me during my NYSC was, you will never be stranded in life if you give. No, if you're a blessing, you'll never be stranded in life. And in this United Kingdom, it looked like God came ahead of me and placed a lot of people that have literally held me in the hand like an angel in this UK. And I have never, and I'll beat my chest that I have never been stranded in this land that I know no man, but God has been there for me. And that is as a result of service, as a result of the giving that I have done. And because of that word that I'm holding on to, I praise God, I'll hear the mic now. Yes, sir. Any other volunteer? I'm looking for the um, mic. <laughs> Should I speak? Yeah, go for it now. Okay. So for me, it's um, kind of a mixed feeling, depending on the situation. There are times that you give, like those, a couple of months ago, I was um, in one of our um, complexes at the office. And then the gate man was looking so, I don't know, he's always really very friendly and happy and jovial. And he was just looking very sad. And then I asked someone like, what's wrong with Israel? Why is he looking that way? And I was like, if you see Israel right now, he's close for the day, but he doesn't even know how he's going to go home. So I had one 2000 Naira in my pocket and I just called him and I gave it to him. And the guy was so ridiculously happy over that money. And then I saw him like a week later and he came and spoke to me. I was like, I don't know what I've done for him over just two kid I gave him. So that was just like a nice feeling, but it was just 2,000 Naira and the guy was ridiculously happy. But then he sat me down and explained that his car was bad. He didn't even have transport to go home that day. And so sometimes you just see people looking not the way they usually do and it's just good to ask. You don't know how little you give, but it goes a very long way for that person. And then there are also times that there are people that kind of take advantage of your generosity. And then they ask, well, you know that they're asking because they know you will give and you're kind of compelled to give because of the certain relationship you have with that person. And then you give or quite all right, but you don't quite still have that satisfaction of helping because you kind of feel that you're being taken advantage of or you're still kind of compelled to give. So you fall into different categories and situations where you give and you're really happy about that and you feel like you blessed someone or you made a difference in someone's life. And then sometimes you just feel like this person is really just taking advantage, but you can have it anyway. So sometimes it's just a mixed feeling, yeah. Yeah, thank you, man. I, I agree with you. Sometimes it's like people just, <laughs> they know you give and just kind of walk up to you like I need that and all that. But for me, I feel like there is that great satisfaction when it comes to someone that you know will can necessarily not pay you back. 
and all that. And when it comes to like giving to straight, not strangers or someone that you know can pay you back, because there's also this part of like, if I have a friend that I know is rich, maybe they have a moment they are kind of like down and I'm supporting them. I know that when they get back on their feet, that they will sell you out after that. And someone that, you know, like, yeah, this person can pay you back in your own focus. Maybe it's things might turn out tomorrow. You don't know what happened in 40 years time. They might be like, oh, you helped me um, 40 years back. I'm coming to show back that. But um, yeah, I quite agree with that. It's more blessed to give and Happier to give, and also if you link that back to simplicity, I don't know if any any other volunteer to the previous point before we move on. Anyone wants to share their giving experience on how great or how indifferent they felt after giving. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and thank you for the everyone that has spoken so far. Um, before we move on, I just want to talk about giving not just beneficial to us. Um, I mean, even up to our kids, up to our children and all of that. Because um, I want to use my friend as an example. My mom can literally give anything and everything. I was telling some of my friends that if I should travel home and drop something at home, and I didn't tell her that mommy, don't give it to don't. I must meet it next time. I would not meet it the next time I'm going home. So it's not just, and I, I, I would like to say that I have never been stranded in my life. And I, it's not just because of what I give. I believe the see that friends have sown are also working for us and it will continue to work for us. And the more we do, it will also work for our children. So in that sense, to me, it's, it's more blessed to give than to take. Sorry about the noise. All right. Thank you very much. Um, Israel. Uh, good evening, everyone. Good evening, sir. All right. Um, um, I'd just like to I'd like to know what's the link between um giving and lending. Because I have a situation with um a friend who once called me and and told me he needed some money. So I gave what I had at that time. I think it was the last money in my account I gave out at that time. Mm. So then I think some 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 weeks or so back. So he came, he came along again. I was like, ah, friend, please can you borrow me? So so amount. I had the money to give, like all of the money to give, but then I couldn't give all because um I, I knew um, at that point, I also needed the money anyways. I also needed the money, but then what I did was just split and I gave him half of the money. So, and afterwards, um, he came to borrow the money from me anyways. And afterwards, he, he, it was time for him to pay back and he, he didn't return that money. And, um, he now came back again and asking me that ah, if I could help him in that situation, what do you do with those kind of people? How do you undo those kind of cases? And these people are people are kind of like close to you that you really take them so close. And do we say this person is taking advantage according to what Sister Nika said earlier? And I was going to like, do you say these people take advantage of you or you just ignore, you just choose to ignore? even though you had the capacity to help. 
So I just want us to. Okay, um, we've come back to that after Oluwa Demilare's um, points. Okay, thank you. I mean, I could I could um, say something about the question too. <clears throat> I mean, I think you actually answered it. It's when you know that some somebody is just taking, trying to take advantage, then there's really no issues with saying no or just um, finding <clears throat> um, some some way out basically either you blank out or something because there's no point somebody just trying to take advantage of of you when you can probably help some more people that are actually in need you know so trust me i don't see <laughs> i don't see any issues there but i i think one of one what i just wanted to add to what <clears throat> everyone had said on on that on this given thing is you you see the trend of everybody that has spoken. It looks like our, our parents, that's a generation before us, definitely do more of this giving. They they practice it more. It looks like in our own time, it's more of um, can I get that too quick two k there, quick five k there. You know, it's more of um, can I get can I get? You know, everybody just wants to get what um, what they can get. You know, so uh, it's probably a lesson to, for us to sort of try and switch switch that because there's a lot of benefit in, in giving, just like everybody has said. And one that I even would encourage is to give to people who are seemingly who don't need it. And when I say who don't need it, like elderly, rich guys, even you know, I, I do that sometimes because they don't get to receive a lot of things from people, but you who remember to give them. You know, I have mentors. I have like, I have a professor who's a mentor, for instance. I have um, my overseer back home, you know, before I left Nigeria. <clears throat> These are people who are, they are rich in their own right. They don't really, truly, they don't really need anything from you, but you just, you give them stuff intermittently sometimes to appreciate, you know, their effort on you or their guidance. And trust me, <laughs> the way it then opens them up the more to you to, you know, to give you even more guidance and all that. I've seen this professor I'm talking about get so excited about somebody just giving him a pair of socks, you know. <laughs> He was so excited about it, showing it around to everybody. Like, oh, this person just gave me this. This person just gave me just a pair of socks. It's not like it's anything, anything big to him, really. But he, he really appreciates because they, like I said, they don't get to. Everybody thinks they're just fine. They are fine. So nobody is thinking of extending any, anything to them. Um, and when you are doing it, of course, you are not. Don't do it with the mind of. Maybe, um, um, how do I put it? Like, you're not just doing it for the eye service or anything. Make sure that you're actually doing it to appreciate them and just, you know, once in a while, just say thank you for, for the kind of things that they are impacting on you. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. I very much agree with that. 
And one thing I was going to say with that is, um, I said this to my friend. So, said like most times, uh, people are in need, and they, it looks like no one is there to help them. Not just because of, I mean, there are different factors to it, but one of it could be character. But let's say that so most times people have money in their, in their bank, in their pocket, they have networks that they could use to support you. But if someone cannot trust your character, it's hard for the person to invest in you. I'll give an example. Like if you walk up to me, like you need, say, 20K um, pounds, I might not have it in my account, but maybe I might be eligible to like get that loan. But again, I'll think to myself, like, like, can I trust you to pay back if I get a loan in my name? Because I put myself forward to this and all that. But if kind of if um it's you've shown yourself to be trustworthy, I mean, I, I believe that people can go that extra mile to put themselves forward on your behalf to give you their name to, um, to get what you need. And um again, like the job I do now for uni, um, because besides I supervise like MSC students for projects and all that. I remember like before. I got the contract. I said to my supervisor, like, um, okay, does she need help with these students? I was going to be for free for, for her. And <laughs> most back, I got the call, like, yeah, um, there's this opportunity. Do you want to like do it? So I, I'm not saying entirely it's because I asked to do it for free before, but that could be a part because most times when when you put yourself like, I'm not just doing this for the benefit of what I'm gonna get from you, but also for the fact like you just want to volunteer yourself, it has a long worth helping um, you to get favor and all that. Um, can we hear from Apollo? Hello, good evening. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, good evening. It's nice to be with you. Yes, I have like three scenarios to talk about. The first one is when I was in school. Like I'm this kind of person that I like to give even my parents do complain that I give too much without looking at what's the effects. So I, one of my friends told me that he was not able to pay his school fees then. So, and then because he's very close to me and then he do assist me when I don't understand anything. So I told him, I'm going to give him part of the money so that he can pay his school fees. So I went to the bank with him to go and withdraw the money. Immediately I gave him the money. I remember very well that I heard a voice that is lying, but I gave the money to him. There's no way I can collect the money back. So for me to be sure, maybe what I was hearing within me is right. I actually hide somewhere to see where he's going. Maybe he's going to go and pay the school fees. Unfortunately, he did not enter the bank. So I realized that he left the place and I was so sad that this is somebody that is very close to me. How will he do this kind of things to me? So, but later I approached him. That's what I want to say. I approached him and I let him to realize that I know that you lie. <laughs> and then I don't expect you to do this kind of thing. So that was how I left. I don't even ask him for the money, but I approached him to tell him that I was so angry I'm not happy with what he has done. But later he came to apologize and then he, he told me why he did that. He said he needed money to do something in the department. So that was the main reason for him to come in that way. So I think people may be taking advantage of us, not because they really want to, maybe they are in need of something and they cannot say it directly or 
they don't know the way you will take it if they are to tell you the exact thing they want to use it stuff for. That's one. Two, during my service year, you know, there is one of my supervisors back then in school. He, he was really nice to us during our IT days. So he called me one day like, he needed 20,000, I should please borrow him. So I gave him the money, I borrowed him. He returned it at the end of the month like he promised. But after a month again, he called me again that I should borrow him again. And I was having one kind of thing like, ah, this man is somebody that I know that is up there. I mean, I'm just coming, I'm just coming up. But yet I still borrowed. I borrowed him the money and then he returned it again. So the third time I was not like, I gave him one excuse. Though I was not pleased with him. So it was not later I met with a friend of mine again that we finished from the same school, that we did the same uh, IT under the man. So he now told me that, the lecturers are on strike and they have not been paying them. So I now felt sad. I was not like, ah, maybe that's the major reason why the men have keep on borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. So some people, it's not like some people want to just, like I said, want to just be like that, but because they have a major reason behind it. So not until when you try to get the truth, you can't say they are taking advantage of you. So that's uh, what I want to say. And the last thing I would say that um, giving is very, very, very uh, good. Because I can say throughout my service year in Warri Delta State, giving actually made way for me. You know, if I give in form of teaching, I, 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 I got an opportunity to take a boy home lesson at um, Warri. So even my colleagues, they told me that it's three, hours in a week, me. In fact, I slept in the parents' house just to allow the boy to get it better. But at the end, no one I was leaving was the, the mother gave me. And even she collected my CV and other things that she told me. I was not like, just because I just ebb. It's just because it's just my, how would I put it? It's just me, that's the way I am. But I don't know that God will open different channels for me. So giving, is very, very important. Thank you. Thank you for those <laughs> examples. I I enjoyed them. Uh, Sistano. Hello, sir. Just a quick question. Yeah. Like, sorry I joined late, but is it really um, good and biblical to give because we're expecting things in return? Like, are we not supposed to just give as we've been led to do? Not just not, but not to receive favors back. Like I, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking if we if if we set ourselves up to start giving people things because of the benefits we will gain from them, it's it feels to me as it's a bribe. Maybe just my lawyer, my in my law in my lawyerly thinking. Because for example, now if I have if I have like a pastor somewhere. And I keep giving them money or gifts because I know that uh, these people will pray for me or these people will um, favor me and things. Then it, it's not giving, it becomes more, it, it, it becomes less spiritual and more of trying to hustle and plan your way around things. I just, I'm just hoping you can help us um, throw a little bit of light on that, sir. Thank you. 
Uh, thank you for that. Uh, reference lead, you want to say something about that? I've actually lowered my hand. Let me allow you to talk and then I'll talk <laughs> later. I believe that was they say it's like uh, there's the principal part of things. And and also, I mean, the way uh, God and human relationship, there is a part that God can do, there's a part that God cannot do. In the sense that if I have to give uh, my brother money, I mean, there's no entity can that would send that money to him. But if I solve God's problem or God's um, desire, it's kind of like he attends to own desires as well. Um, in Proverbs, I can't remember the reference, say that he that gives to people, let it unto God. So it's kind of like that principle. But I mean, because we have the Bible, that's why we know that um, those kind of things, relationship works. But think of it that if we don't have the Bible, if we don't know about it, we can see the gospel Bible is about Abraham that he attended to the um, to men but they were angels so he did i don't think abraham knew that those guys were angels but because of his lifestyle he kind of like helped like people gave them food and all that but so doing he met angels and from meeting angels he had other um informations that he wouldn't necessarily have had or all that so sometimes it's just like you're going about your normal way i mean it mustn't be like i was going to come back to the what you give or the amounts that you give and what kind of things that you give? Because if you have to link back simplicity to giving, it also has to do with like, can we give more than we are currently doing? Because I might, based on my own personal, my own lifestyle now, I might be able to reach out 10 persons, but can I call that, can I do more than just reaching out to 10 persons as well? But again, not in the not in the mindset of that. Um, I'm investing 10 stocks or buying 10 crypto coins that okay, maybe in 20 years time, it will go up or go down and all that. But it's a case of like, if we know that God God needs to reach out to everyone, but God needs us to be that vessel to like reach out to everyone. So um, again, okay, yeah, if I run up on that. So that's something that I said in the video about like, when the Bible said that, you just said that you guys sell all you have and give to the poor. So the guy said that actually, he doesn't, really, he doesn't think, his own again, comment was that it wasn't like sell everything at once. Because one thing that came to my mind when I heard that was that, okay, obviously, if the guy sells all he had, he'll be poor. So <laughs> he'll become part of the poor people that you give to. <laughs> so, but uh, I think it's a kind of like, it makes sense to be like a continuous something that, okay, it's not just like I'm giving um, all I have, I'm all I have and giving that away. I'm not going to die tomorrow. You still be on earth. I still need money to exist on earth. Yeah, let me allow others to uh, <laughs> comment on that. Um, all about them, Larry, you want to go for it? Okay, um, thank you. So, direct answer um, would be a clear. Um, sorry, how did the question come? Is it should we give because we want something? I mean, want to receive something back in return? Of course, a direct answer is no. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be the aim. It shouldn't be the <laughs> the inspiration. In fact, you know, um, and if we understand the principle of giving and receiving, I mean, we will know that, in fact, when you say you are giving because you want to receive something in return, you can be disappointed most of the time, or most of the time yeah, you end up being disappointed because that scripture that says that um, everything you receive comes from God anyways, is, is always, always holds true. If somebody, if God doesn't put it in the heart of someone, to help you or to extend a favor to you, 
you might just be wasting your time trying to using sister knows what trying to bribe that person you might really just be wasting your time if if god does not put it in the mind of the you know to help you or to extend a favor to you so a straight answer would be clearly a, a no but maybe where the, the what's it called the dividing line or like the other side just so that it's not like um, you're bribing but you sh- you you should appreciate people um and that's that's uh, the other side of it which probably connects to what i was saying earlier there's nothing wrong in you know appreciating the fact that oh this person has impacted me in one way or the other and you decide to to give the person something even when the person is not expecting you know and of and what i was to the point i was saying is i was making is that trust me because these people don't even expect it it's forced them more yeah 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 you're spurring them more to do to do more even more than what they've done before you know but you are not doing it for that intention you are doing it just because you are appreciating them is is that's that's the only other side to that i see to it thank you thank you very much sir uh riser okay um i would like to um point um speak on what um sister Anna just talked about um i would like to reference from the book of matthew chapter 6 verse 3 when it says uh but i just want to link it up where it says that but when um, we do harms. We should not let our left hand know what our right hand doeth. And um, I like the fact that most of us have been pointing out that um, giving, not really tied up to monetary terms, but as well to service to humanity and all of that. So I would like to say that, okay, if we're going to give, um, we shouldn't be expectant in that sense. But then I want to also bring us to, I want to ask a question to know, bringing us to the book of Malachi chapter 3 verses 10 in giving of our tithes. I don't know if it correlates, but to know if it is okay when you're giving your tithes, you should have it at the back of your mind that, okay, you're expecting something in return where you're giving your tithes. I don't know if it correlates. Okay, we'll put that um, there by YNK. As we round off, because we're running out of time. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Um, first of all, sorry, I'm not able to come on video. Um, I'm not really, it's really hot here, so I'm not fully dressed. Um, and secondly, I was I was busy in the course of the video, so I didn't look into the video properly. I just wanted to respond to the question that I was able to hear um, uh, Sister ask. Um, to, to be honest, um, I, I, when I was, I was listening and, you know, hearing the question and other people's responses, you know, the thought that came to my mind was a fisherman. A fisherman would go, um, with a bait, with a hook, with a sling and everything. And, you know, the moment he throws the fishing line or the, you know, into the water, at first, it looks like, oh, he's doing a favor to the fishes, giving them food. But 
as soon as the fish, the fish eats the bait, it does what? It pulls the fish back and actually, so if you're, if, if as far as I'm concerned, if a person is giving with the mindset, you're giving to somebody with that mindset that you want to get back, you are just like a fisherman, you know, all you did was throw a bait. You haven't given according to what God, according to God's um, standard. And should I say coincidentally, I just listened to a message from a preacher who gave, who mentioned why many people, when they give to God, it's like their giving does not yield result because that is the kind of mindset a lot of we Christians have when we are giving to God, we are like, it's not the expectation of oh, your hope and trust in God. No, it's more like an expectation of like trade by battle. Oh yeah, I've given you this, so I, I need to get this back and, and things like that. But I'll wrap up my, um, I'll conclude with what um, Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians in Second Corinthians. You know, um, verse chapter eight, verse um, I'll read. I think I, I I'll read the amplified version. Second Corinthians chapter eight and verse uh, eight and nine. It says, "I am not saying this as a command." You already told them about you know them excelling in so many things and especially in giving. And then in verse eight, he said, I am not saying this as a command to dictate to you, but to prove by pointing out the enthusiasm of others, the sincerity of your love as well. So he was pointing out that let your giving be stead out of love. I think that should be the, the mindset towards every giving, whether you're giving to God or you're giving to man. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, for the rest of the questions, I'll leave that part of tied up and order. But just to finish up, um, so we've talked about simplicity as regards to money and possessions, but there's also the part I just want to like kind of with, which is time. Also, a lot of times, like in many places, in, especially in Christian family, you saw that people don't volunteer their service to God because I'll be like, oh, I'm too busy. I don't have time to attend this program. I don't have time to like volunteer for this work and all that. So that's also like simplifying our time so that we are we become available to what is important. Just I uh, will go back to the reference in Luke 10 about matter. He had Jesus among him, but he was busy with other things. So in as much as we are called to be God's um, people and all that, our time is also our own service. In as much as money is important, our time is also important. But if we don't if we simplify our position, we also like think about simplifying our time as well. And there are a lot of things around us that we can simplify because the whole point of living a simple life, which is extremely rewarding, is that we eliminate every useless cares and focus on what is really important to us. And I'll also leave it with this short word, sharing is caring. And also with the new acronym for today, KISS, keep it short and simple. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, Pastor. Thank you, Dr. Just before Pastor Rondo. Um, I, I know that the intention of, of giving is not receiving. You should always not put that intention. But there are some times that every time, so you can actually take that aspect of receiving out of it. Because if I'm always going to Sister Anuza's house, 
to see Ododolua and Damikwe. And I get a whole full box of chicken when I'm coming back. So because I don't want to receive now, I don't want to go to Sister Anu's house again because I don't want to receive. <laughs> but I know that I want to see Ododolua and Damikwe and I know I will receive. So should I not go to Sister Anu's house? So I just think, I always think about it sometimes. I'm like, you can't, you can't take it out. It's not that you're bribing. It's not that you are going with that intention. But you know that God has said, if you pay your tithe, I would bless you. You know that if I go and take care of my pastor's house, God will bless me. I already know that. So I would want to always go to take care of pastor's house. <laughs> so like, just just, just one minute, time. just while what you're saying you that. So, so if he wouldn't bless you, would you not go to the house? I would go. But he no. said it, he already said it in the world. So how can you take that out? You can no, you already we, have we, that mind. Yeah, it's we very... we know that like everything we're told to do in the Bible, there are blessings attached. Like for example, in first Timothy, and it's how he said that um we should we should conduct ourselves in that. But like if the primary focus becomes what you expect, think of the burden or the pressure it will put on the other person like it's it's fine for us to put ourselves in that position of saying oh we want to give a primary focus yes it's not a primary focus yes that's not your intention that's not the focus i'm not going to i'm not coming to take care of the health because i know i would i know that i will be blessed there is an assurance in me that will be blessed but it's not my primary focus that I have to always go, okay, for example, I'm not feeling well. I know that I will be blessed if I go to pastor's house to clean pastor's house, but I'm not healthy to go. So if I push myself to go, you're killing yourself because you want to be blessed. That's not what God said. You mm. already know that you'll be blessed anyways. Even the intention of wanting to go, I'm blessed already. Amen. So I, I think it's not the primary focus, but it's just, it's just there. You can't remove it because I've struggled with that actually. That's why I'm saying it out like this. Like sometimes I don't want to go someplace because okay, I know that I don't want this person to be thinking I have to be give you something. So I I'm like, and God is saying I need you to go. Mm. So what will I do? I would go. I'm sorry, can I just quickly say something? Um sure. so just as um we we need that grace let me put it that way to be able to give to know what to give there's also a measure of uh, some people need that grace to know how to receive Mm. you know um apostle paul that was why that's the scripture that we always use many at times that the lord will supply all needs according to your riches it stemmed out of the fact that a church Actually, a church, a less expected church, a community, they gave to Apostle Paul. And he he, he was in such an, a, a situation that he didn't want to receive it, but he felt, he felt that, you know what, this would be a channel in which I would be, the church would be blessed, that, that certain small church. Mm-hmm. And that was what um, triggered that verse, the Lord will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory because they gave and they did not just give they he saw the heart and 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 by which 
you know, compared to the church in Corinthians, he was just encouraging the church in Corinthians, you guys give, give. But this other church, you know, so to speak, you know, they were, they were such a small church. They were, you know, it wasn't like really expecting. So what am I trying to say that there is that, yes, there's the place of giving and there's also the place of receiving, but it is more blessed to give than to receive. Thank you. Pastor, can I quickly say something, please? Like under one minute. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so busy. Okay. From what um Stayinka what they've said, yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense in the sense that for, for okay, let's look, let's use what um the analogy, no analogy, the Bible verse Stayinka said. Mm-hmm. He had a relationship with that church, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I'm not arguing that I'm not arguing about the motive now or about giving itself. I'm saying that in, in giving, we should be led to give. We should the, the motive shouldn't be anything other than what the Holy Spirit is leading to part-time. There are some people where I know of some people where God would tell, God has told them to give a certain man of God something, and they do that every month, like for years. They do that. It's according to the leading. The, the reason I'm I'm hoping would explore the part of motive and intention is in, it's 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 the, it's how we affect both parties, the person giving and the person receiving. As Sister said, we, there's grace for both to do both and as cheerfully as possible. But if, for example, for, for the example, if I gave about of our um, offering act of service. What if the act of service is not what is needed by time, but you, but because of the blessings that will be gained, you go there, but it's not, you're not led to do that at the time you're doing it. That way, the relationship is, is not, is not forced, like, like it's not, what's the word? There's no benefit to it as it is. It's just, it becomes, it becomes logical, it becomes factual, it becomes less work. I don't know, there's a word that is escaping my head, like as though you're doing, it becomes almost like a business idea. Like, yeah. It becomes almost contractual, like a give and take situation and things like that. So I'm like, again, yeah, I'm sure Pastor La will tie this up together for everybody. I just thought to put that on, like in the giving, sometimes you might, it might need to be a discussion either with the Holy Spirit, it will give you insight into what you're giving into. Then, (coughs) excuse me, then it becomes fuller and more more richer. And even if you don't get anything at the end of it, you know you've done it based on what you've heard from God. Thank you. Thank you all very much. (laughs) Our time is up. Um, Brother Milari, very quickly. Okay, so again, um, just to retreat that initial point about, and I think Sister Ife already said it very well, that it, it can be the, it's not the primary intention, mm-hmm. but maybe you cannot always just rule it out. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would put it. And then I'll now just say again, that Bible verse that says, if you are doing it with that intention, trust me, if God himself doesn't end up putting it in the heart of that other person to, to give you anything in return, 
trust me, you're just, you're just wasting your time because at the end of the day, <laughs> everything comes from him. If he doesn't put it in the heart of that person to give you something in return, you've just wasted, they are just wasting resources as far as God is concerned. Thank yeah. you. Sorry, Pastor. Maybe we can take this next week. Yeah. Is it is it good to like because there are some times that I do it like when I was encouraging my brother mm-hmm. to pay his tithe, I was I was telling him it's good to pay tithe because God has already said it. He said it in the Bible that He's going to bless us. We should test Him. We should you know use that to to see if He's going to bless mightily. So. I used that to encourage my brother. And I remember Brother Milari saying that he always sees that as his own eternal bank savings. Mm. So, and that was the example I, 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 I gave to my brother. So with that, there is an intention, like there's a motive to receive from God, not from human, definitely, but from God. So is it wrong or is it right to do that? Okay. Um, I'll just seek permission for like three to five minutes extra. Um, apologies for overshooting today, but I think it's a very interesting conversation we've had. First and foremost, let's appreciate our blessed facilitator. is is opening the door for the rest of the year for facilitation for many of us, and I think he has set a very good example for us to follow. So thank you so much, Doctor Henry. Um. We, we've been richly blessed. I have been richly blessed. Um, the interesting thing is most of this gist about giving that we ended up uh, talking more about in the sense of or in the context of simplicity is going to be a focus in and of itself in the next series we are going into. Um, if money talked, that's the next series we are starting in a couple of, I mean, after the next meeting, the one after that. We are launching that that series and it's going to look at different sides of, of that. So I won't dwell too much on that, but, but for this very issue that um, the question that Sister Anu raised, I think it's been well tied up from our different contributions. The scripture the Lord gave me or laid in my heart as we were deliberating about this is Psalm 34 verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. The way we are wired, the way we are made, we are made such that results inspires us. Uh, When I'm inviting you into a practice that I am enjoying, I'm I'm inviting you with the intention that hopefully you will feel what I felt, you will taste what I've tasted. And in tasting, two things can happen. You can taste and be like, nah, this is not for me. Or you can taste and be inspired to want to consume more of what you've tasted. Uh, Christianity is like that and different aspects of the Christian faith is like that when you taste what comes out of sincere love motivated generosity it's such a beautiful feeling that you want everyone to get in on this like this exciting experience that I've just had I wish everybody can have it that does not mean that the feeling is itself the reason in fact when you were doing whatever you did you probably did not know that it was going to culminate in that kind of an experience e.g the example sister nika gave to her it was just 2000 going to someone that needed it but the reaction that came from that that in itself can be i mean 
two weeks later, she's talking about it because it made an impression on her. And that can in itself become a motivation next time to do that. That doesn't mean that the, the end goal is the reason for our doing it, but we are so wired like that, that what inspires us, we want to put it on a cyclic, um, on a repeated experience in that sense. I've brought in a bit of logic and of course the biblical tangents to that. Giving is a natural law as much as it's a spiritual law. Um, when Paul says God loves a cheerful giver, uh, that means you can give and perhaps you might still be able to get something back, whether or not you're cheerful, but you won't get this blessed, the full package of the experience if you are not given cheerfully. And so if it's anything but cheerful, and I believe cheerful giving will be spirit-led giving, which again goes back to what Sister Anne is saying. When the Holy Spirit leads you, it's spot on. You to others, it might make no sense that why is it that this is what you have to give at such a time as this? But because it is spirit-led, it activates whatever it's supposed to activate, meets the need it's supposed to meet, and God blesses you in his own way, by his own experience. So it's not even something you can set an expectation, a specific expectation to, if I do this, then God will give me 10,000 pounds that I need to go and do a postgraduate course or whatever. No, it doesn't work like that. It's, it's just the reality that yes, when you give, you are blessed and we are perhaps never more like God than when we give. In God given, sorry that I'm dwelling on this, but in God given, even his only begotten son, there is, in a sense, an expectation. He believes that some of us will believe because he has chosen us from the foundation of the world. And because of that divine election, he goes on to give what we need to get in on what he has paid for in that, in that same sense. So it's two sides of a coin that you can almost not separate um, in that regard. But more on giving, more on generosity, more on money and managing money when we get to speak to the series about when money, if money talked. And I think it's a series that we're going to enjoy for another four meetings in that sense. Tonight, I just want us to, before we say a final prayer, challenge ourselves with this thinking. As the meeting started, what I was doing is actually asking myself, what are those more, 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 more that I want right now? Like, I'm living in a season where to some extent I can say that what comes in and what I want, they are not on the same level. I think that is always part-time. I don't know. But does it have to be like that? Does it have to always be that what is coming in, whether that is monetary or otherwise, and what you have to give, like what is coming in is not enough for you to give out in that sense? That means there is an imbalance somewhere. Maybe some of the more that you want, you don't really need that more now. That's the whole idea of simplicity. Thank God for the generosity aspect of it. But without you actually dwelling on the decluttering aspect of it, you might not eventually still have more to give. And again, that doesn't have to be about money, but about your time. Uh, what can I spend less time on so that I have more time to spend on something else? What can I spend less money on so that I can have more money to spend on something else? And on and on it goes. So, so that we don't talk over it, I just thought to say, to challenge us specifically, think of one thing that you want to stop doing and maybe one thing that you want to then start doing because you stopped doing this. Or maybe think of something that you need to, to start doing less of 
so that you can start doing more of something else that is in the center of what makes you feel fulfilled or in the center of your calling and your purpose in life. Again, no one can do that for you. You have to do that for yourself. But I'll say a word of prayer and then we'll wrap up tonight's meeting. I've put on the chat thread a screenshot of the rotor for the rest of the, of the year. Um, if your name is on that rotor and you feel like the dates that you have been assigned cannot work, just let me know. Um, I will make a switch around one way or the other. God bless you. Kingsley said, I just wish I, I, I just wish to talk, but the time is gone. But I'll just advise us to give to the Lord or to anyone because we love him. Uh, and that's foundational. Let love for the Lord be the basis of all that we give. God bless you. All right, let's pray. Usually we would ask if there is anything that is on our hearts to pray in agreement together with, but we're just going to cast it all to God whether or not you verbally express it out. Father God, we are grateful because you are generous. You are generosity personified. The whole idea of giving comes from you. The whole idea of simplicity was best modeled in your incarnate expression on earth through Jesus. We saw him leave as the son of man, and at the same time as the son of God. We saw him leave and say things like, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And yet we saw him feed 5,000 and more. Uh, he had everything and yet he lived very minimally. And Lord, that's, that's what we're asking, that the secret that he has modeled will become a reality in our lives that you help us to see the, the fallacy, the lies in the old propaganda of advertisements so that we can actually lean into the leading of your spirit in managing our income and expenditure, in managing what comes into us, the resources we get and the resources we give. We are asking, oh God, that you make us better stewards, especially of time and money, so that we can declutter and then have wider channels to be able to be a blessing to others through. And while we are doing that, we are laying before you tonight the worries, the anxieties, the unanswered questions about what next? Where is the help going to come from? Where is the money going to come from? Where is the call going to come from? When is the email going to drop? When is... Whatever it is that is giving us a bit of anxiety or worry or issues on our hearts, we lay it all down. And we ask that between now and the next two weeks when we get to meet together again, your presence will continue to abide with us. Your grace will continue to overwhelm our hearts. And your love will be the motivation for all that we do. Keep working on us. And thank you for our facilitator. We pray your blessings, your Macarius upon his life. To you be all the glory, Jesus. And in Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Amen.